不知足。Hello and welcome back to another week of the Pillars Babble podcast, where I, Archibald Edison, as ever, joined by my splendid co-host Oliver Sykes. This week, well, who knows? Hello. Nice, uh, uh, nice to be back again, Archie. I know we're sort of regular now, and then hopefully we'll stay regular-ish. I put "ish" very much questioning there at the end. Back after our wonderful profile on Mr. Jason Morehouse, MHK last week. Absolutely, uh, it was great to have have uh, Jason in the studio. Um, probably first guest in a little while, and certainly a first politician uh, in in a in a while too. Um, so this week, I think we're just going to be looking at sort of current affairs, topical sort of issues, perhaps, aren't we? Um, Quite. There's, because there's a lot going on at the moment, and um, I think it's just important that we, you know... Um, and we haven't particularly discussed it either, have we? No, we've sort of done a lot of topics recently, oh. uh, you know, uh, done a lot of episodes and perhaps got to the end and gone... Oh, current affairs, well, uh, and, you know, sort of... Out of time, near time left, yes. Yes. But it's important, you know, our current affairs are are important to us here at Politico. Oh, Uh, quite, yes, yes. Oh, crikey. Looking at the weather, the weather... um, It's rather, rather cold. Well, the snow could become heavy overnight Thursday. Oh, is that overnight till Thursday? Yes. Or is that overnight into Thursday? That is tonight, Archie. overnight into Friday. Archie's been struggling with with, um, the concept of time and and dates at the moment. (laughs) I have, yes, Oliver. Uh, Yesterday, when I was booking this podcast, um, I thought it was Monday and it was Tuesday. We're recording on Wednesday, the 8th of March. So I got quite bemused when all of a sudden I thought, Oh dear, it's it's nine o'clock in the evening. I still haven't booked a studio for tomorrow, and it turned out it was tomorrow which I needed booking. I suppose it's because you're, you know, you're living rather care th- carefree, aren't you? Uh, I'm not. I'm not in the schooling system, no. so I don't, don't really have to worry well, you, about. Yeah, yeah. You, 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 days of the week. I know the date. I know yeah. the date we're on and the number, but not necessarily the days of the week as it is. Anyway, what are days of the week but a human invention? Absolutely. Social construct. A social construct, yes. Like other people want to claim other things are social constructs. And, yes, Oliver, what's our, what's our first topic for discussion? Well, I'm not sure whether you want to go... I'll give you the choice. We can either talk about the uh, Legislative Council um, election, which is the upper chamber of Timwald, the Arlemans Parliament. Um, we can talk about the the election there and perhaps a lot of discussions about its purpose and whether it should be an elected body or we can perhaps talk about the Scottish National Party's leadership election for finding a new first minister after the resignation of Nicola Sturgeon a couple of weeks ago which was probably claimed by the the, the UK's interference perhaps with Scottish politics in the uh, with devolution in the Scottish um, gender recognition bill perhaps I think that's what sort of claimed well, Oliver's chosen two choices there, and Oliver's not going to have any of them. I jest, I jest, uh, in 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 most uh, jovial sense. 
Yes, I think the LegCo, Leg- Legislative Council, LegCo for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's a fascinating place to start. One notable thing was that um, obviously candidates have to have a, 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 a supporter or a nominee or a seconder. Um, and I think there was either 11 candidates that that, um, that that got that stage, but one notable person who didn't um, didn't manage to get a supporter or a, a nominee. Um, I think I think you need both. Um, was Peter Caron? Well, you need a proposer, uh, a proposer, a and then I think and two, support, two supporters. supporters. Yes, so you need um, a fair few people. So you sort of have to do a bit of um, canvassing around the Timwald members, um, and that there are uh, four four places up for grabs. Um, one of the members uh, will cur- will not be seeking re-election. That's Marlene Masker. Um, and then I think the other people are um, Mr. Crane, Paul Crane, MLC, who's just uh, who got the one one year appointment, and um, as well as uh, Diane Kelsey, one year appointment as well, because they filled the spots of uh, Jane Paul Wilson and Kate Law Brennan, who um, became MHKs in the September of 2021. And then after that, oh, uh, Tanya August Hansen. Her spot is also uh, she's going to uh, reseek uh, election, and there's uh, there'll be another another individual, I think. Um, well, the, the, the spots are really it, all all up. Is it Mister Mercer? Uh, uh, no, 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 he's he's on the next. Yeah, round. yeah. So he's, the, the um, legislative council elections are basically split over. I I need to find out who this individual is. Um, what? Well, no, uh, no, they're they're the only three. Oliver, because there's four oh, spots. I knew, I knew I'd missed some. Mas- Mas- Mrs. Mas- yes, Mas- sorry, Mas- I, 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 yes, I knew. I just didn't want to miss anyone else. Oh yes, yes. Uh, well, so the legislative elections. There's eight members of the legislative council. It used to be more, mm. and used to not all be elected by Absolutely. the MHKs. And they take place in two rounds, really split. So every four years there is one, but they're usually two years after general election. It, it's to provide that it's, continuity. It's continuity in yeah. government. So yes, as Oliver said, we have those um, three candidates who are re-standing for election so we have Tanya August Hansen, Diane Kelsey and Paul Crane and then we also probably we should mention the other eight candidates uh, which are Kiri uh, Jenkins, uh, Connor Keehan, Dawn Kinnish, Peter Reed, Mayor <laughs> Marie Bershaws, uh, Gary Cluett, Brian Brumbury, uh, uh, David Prichter and that's why and David Prichter uh, I hope I've pronounced those names right. Mm-hmm. I might have got the wrong pronunciation somewhere, but as that goes with my matter of speech, that's how I would pronounce them. Yes. So it was it was in the public domain that Peter Caron was um, putting himself as a contender. Um, yes, quite. And he so so it's it, it's most notable that Peter Caron has been a long um, serving uh, member of the House of Keys. Uh, stepped down after the was it the. I can't remember. He's he's so before he's the twenty eleven and other things. I think oh no, same, was it through to twenty sixteen or yes? Anyway, um, I'll get Archie to clarify that. Uh, but he had ultimately th- was it thirty years of um of experience as a as a member of the House of Keys, a, a politician, um, and he's um president or chair of is he president of the um, Liberal Vanin Party. Ah, so he was elected in eighty six, mm-hmm. 
um, and then was elected up until 2000. He's elected in 2012, 11 as well, and he stood down, I think, in 2016. Right. Yeah. Yeah. 2016. I wasn't sure whether it was he. He did stand for 2011. And, he's he's yeah. 31 years in Manx politics. Yeah. 31. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Um, which I don't think that there's that many people who have done that, especially in re- in recent years, who who have. No, I, 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 I must say I, I, I wouldn't have been a particular supporter of him going into legislative council, mainly because of my own political differences. Mm. And again, that, that wasn't overly my, my concern in the, in the whole election. I think some of the candidates, I must say, I've never heard their names before. So it will certainly be interesting to see how they fare, if the unknowns will fare well in the elections or not. Uh, and I, I'd be very interesting to see if any of the incumbents are unseated in the elections, whether um, they've actually been able to impress their gravitas uh, on the Timbald members in that short, for some of them, a short period they've been in. And for um, Mrs. August, Mrs. August Hanson, she's been in obviously a lot longer there. Absolutely. So, Oliver, do you think that legislative council was a good thing? Well, I think government needs um oversight um i i think that there needs to be scrutiny um but people would argue that that's the role of a backbencher um and that perhaps backbenchers shouldn't really be involved in government that much and i i would argue oliver by virtue of being a backbencher they aren't uh Involved in government, but there aren't enough backbenchers. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, so you're agreeing with me. I'm agreeing with you, yeah. but I, I disagree slightly with the way you phrased it. Okay, in what sense? That a go- uh, You said that backbenchers shouldn't be involved in government, but a backbencher is inherently not involved in government. And as most MHKs are a member of the government department, I argue they're not backbenchers uh, in, in the proper sense of the term. Yes, but perhaps on some things excluding their department, they do scrutinise and they do pick apart government. For example, you know, on the Isle of Man uh, with um, certain areas of the island where perhaps there's not quite investment uh, in more sort of regional, you know, uh, locations that... um, backbenchers will sort of form a a block. But also in in other uh, perhaps... um, if they're not part of perhaps health and social care, that um, they will scrutinise that area of government. Obviously, they're not obliged. They can't, as part of um, uh, is it, uh, individual responsibility, collective, collective responsibility. Um, responsibility, they can't scrutinise their own departments. But I still think that there, there, there is sort of, in always in politics, there's a bit of horse trading. So it's very much like, oh, you help our department out here, we pass this bill here. And then we'll help you pass your bill there. And even if you look at the budget, for example, the members can't, I argue, properly scrutinise it. And if they could properly scrutinise it, I think many of them would perhaps vote against it. But it's not in their departmental interest to oppose the budget because the budget helps them out in their um, their department. It helps the other departments out. It helps all departments. Mm. So by virtue of it being a cross-department piece of uh, uh, budget... It can't properly be scrutinised. Yeah. And even if then you look at the island plan, for example, it's extraordinarily hard for that to be scrutinised in the proper sense because there's a lot of members of the parties. So there isn't enough scrutiny from backbenchers who are completely independent of government, especially 
as we don't have a party. It's much like in mm. the UK. Well, the party is Comen, isn't well, it? The party yeah. is the government. It's a yeah. government party with yeah. perhaps a single sole opposition figure. But in the UK, we'd have all of the opposition scrutinising. And perhaps you have some of the government's benches on the government benches in the Conservative Party. Perhaps mm. you have a few of those backbenchers scrutinising on particular issues. Yes, yeah. But they aren't really wanting to ruffle the feathers too much because they've got the whips really breathing them in their ear and saying you shouldn't do that. And some of them mm. do take the line, but if they cross the party line too much, they get the whip taken away mm, yeah. and they no longer sit as a Conservative parliamentary um, member. So... That's some of the, the key, key issues, I think. We see, obviously, Jeremy Corbyn in the UK. He was suspended... Uh, well, not suspended. He was suspended from the Parliamentary Labour Party. So he's no longer going to be... He's, he's a member of the Labour Party, mm, but not but a not member of the, the Parliamentary Labour Party. Uh, so it'd be very interesting when he comes to stand for Is, uh, Islington North again mm. and see uh, whether we see the current member for Islington North get re-elected or not. Fascinating. Absolutely. So going back to the the LegCo, then effectively, um, should they? I, I'm sort of now. You you, you asked me about um, the the sort of backbencher side and government and its role. You know what's yes. Role. yes. Uh, in terms of if, if the role still to to exist, what what's your thoughts on um, on the public having some sort of a uh, effect on, on I wouldn't the, agree the with body. that because it makes them again politicised. I I think it, I think it would work better in some way. I, I quite like the UK system where we have there is a House of Lords, mm. which I think it was a great shame when Tony Blair removed the hereditary peerage from the House of Lords because it provided a very very good oversight for the country because people were born almost mm. into it. It's like in the monarchy. The so, so perhaps if we're going to have uh, Legco people, you know, in go- in government departments, is their role to scrutinise the, the department? I don't think they should be in government departments. Well, well they... I, I don't think they should be. Uh, they, they currently are. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I don't think I don't think it's... I think it's useful to have an understanding of how government works. And sometimes, like in the, U- the UK, the appointed lords now will have great expertise... Um, in certain areas of government, they may have worked as an MP. They may have worked in government. Uh, you, you see even the, 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 the... Obviously, it's different here. We have a tricameral chamber. They come together and sit in the larger cumulative chamber, Timwood, rather than just Legico and uh, the House of Keys. But in the UK, they appoint people who have expertise in certain areas, which helps them. And that's perhaps what Jason, Mr. Morehouse was getting at last week. He was saying that it's very useful to join a government department because it gets experience within the realm of government, how it all works. Mm. And then in his next term, he was able to then scrutinise because he knew how it worked. And that might be something we obviously miss if LegCo aren't part of that. But if Legislative Council have actually had experience in government, that would solve the problem. I think if you had experienced people appointed to LegCo and LegCo was not elected by the member of Keys, I think it would work much better because basically it's, oh, oh, we're in Keys, we want our legislation to be passed, we want it to be scrutinised in quotation marks so it looks like there's scrutiny but really there's no hold-up because we can actually always overrule them in Timberwood the next month. They're not going to elect people who are abject, not abject, not as abject, but actual proper critics of the government. They want people who are going to they be on the government are, side. They, 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 they wouldn't. I don't think they would ever say we do want yes men because that would be too admitting of the fact. But why would you not want yes men or yes men who give a bit of scrutiny to make things better? 
and then not really any stand-up power because Legco don't really have much power. They have power, obviously, to read the legislation, suggest amendments, and so send it back, it back down to the yeah, keys. Yeah. And but in the end of the day, if the keys want something done, they can pass it through. It's much the same like the UK House of Lords, mm. except the House of Lords can delay it longer and the ha- still to go through royal. They can sense. delay it for a year, can't they? Yeah, exactly. Yes, and if things really gone wrong, the House of Lords probably has quite a bit of sway. Absolutely. So, so there's um, there's quite a lot of people standing for this sort of um, Legco election, isn't there? Um, yeah. Are there any thoughts on on who you think will will sort of um, get get get? Well, get I'd, I'd, li- I'd like to see Ta- uh, Tanya August Hanson uh, mm-hmm. get back in. That would be quite good. And I, I also I, I thought Paul Crane does an interesting job, but I, I don't I don't know if he properly questions the government too much. I haven't watched much of Tim Wood, I must admit. But I think all of Legco sort of have their hands tied to some extent. It's sort of working within the system because you can't upset your electorate too much. It's like the MHKs. They are sort of bound to what their electorates say. If you look in Timwald, again... So then, they, so they then you could argue they a can't public... Upset they their, should be become a publicly elected body because if you're not upset... If you're upset the public, commission. then you wouldn't... Well, they, yeah. Yeah, that's when there are ways around it. Yeah. Um, But currently the system is their electorate is 24 members. In the first two years of their term, they can't upset those 24 members, really, because they want to be re-elected. But perhaps they then can after they've been re-elected because they get elected in another term of parliament where you might not see those same parliamentarians back. Well, perhaps they should have a fixed fixed sort of term. Perhaps it's two terms or whatever so that they can... Uh, but they can't, they, yeah, they, they still can't yeah, upset yeah. the members absolutely uh, overly much. That's even my perspective on. Yeah. They may differ. We might, we should probably get it. I'm sure we could get a member of Legico on on the program. Well, we perhaps got we got new, we got we got um, Tanya August Hansen on the program. Well, not on this program, but on uh, a election our other our radio program we did in September of 2021. We did get her on to uh, talk about... We had a lengthy... Uh, uh, lengthy discussion. Unfortunately, yeah. only able, only able to put, I think, two minutes of a 21-minute discussion on. Uh, but it was, it was very interesting. Absolutely. Um, and perhaps a new MLC who's who's fresh to it and perhaps will say, you know, what are you going to do? Are you going gonna to call out the government on when you see something wrong? Or are you going to... Will that... Will that... MLC have been elected if they said I'm going to stand here I'm going to call you out when you've done wrong well it's most notable that Michael Joseph put out a post the other day um, regarding um, payments didn't he Uh, did you see that you saw that um, oh yes yes I, 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 yes, yes. I, I draw. I draw. Oliver, did you do put some word for for him? Whilst I draw. So he um, sprung it on me. He sprung so, it on me, dear listener. So um, Michael Joseph. Um, was it part of his work? Oh, and if Ma- Michael Joseph, if you are listening, when you do send us emails, please do address it to Archibald and Oliver, not Archie, Ewan, Sam, and Brescia. I'm very much afraid, but three quarters of the people group have mentioned have departed the podcast, sadly, obviously, but it departed, so I'm, I'm not sure if you do listen. I'd hope you do listen, considering the volume of emails, but I would, I would ask you, please do up- update your uh, contact details. Um, so, as part of Michael Joseph's work for the Manx Taxpayers Alliance, who he can't say who they are or, you know, who owns or who manages it. So, um, yeah. Um, yeah I've, got, I've got the article up now. Uh, so, it starts off with the headline, Quid Pro 
Ledco. It, sorry, can mark. I just say it yes. is on the Manx Taxpayers Alliance website. Well, this, is, this, is, on... this is Michael Joseph. He might have also published on Manx Taxpayer Alliance. They, they uh, generally do the same. This is, this is Joseph, actually. Ah. So it's himself. So, but he does do other stuff on the Manx Taxpayer Alliance. Something we will uh, get onto in a minute. And we, I must say, we must bring Michael Joseph in here for comment. Uh, we must approach him for comment, probably to have our. Even though we're not a journalist, we, we can we can we can literally comment on anything and not have to follow the rigorous standards of public service broadcasting. Um, but it's usually good practice, so we shall try and get him on the program. So yes, he says quid pro legco payments from legislative council candidates to members of the House of Keys. So it's a very Daily Mail esque headline because the body of the, uh, the text and the article doesn't actually suggest that. So it reads sort of the following that he wrote to the president of the Le- of Ledrico, Lawrence Skelly, uh, asking him to investigate whether any legislative council candidates have made payments or so- so-called donations to members of the Keys. And he said, "I just ten days, I quote, before wannabe politicians wannabe, wouldn't you say want to be?" It's a formal letter of writing. I, I take great issue with that. Seek appointment to the Legislative Council. I've reviewed the Timwood website and see no declaration of any such payments or donations. I've listened to the e- media interviews involving candidates for the Legislative Council and heard no declaration of such payments or so-called donations. Do, do no, 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 finish it. Why has there been no declaration on the Timber website in the local media of any such payments or donations to the candidates? Perhaps, or perhaps, Mr. Joseph, perhaps you missed the one key thing which if you applied Occam's razor to the whole situation, you would realise perhaps it's because there are no such payments and no such donations existing. So why would they list something which isn't there and doesn't exist? That is a obvious solution he's forgotten to mention. Uh, I suppose transparency is a, is an important issue when it comes to elections, and um, I suppose it, it's a difficult thing. Perhaps if would it be something you do in the run up or when you're elected that you you know that you, you that you received such you know donations? If if a member were to have or or an uh, an elected. Uh, if if someone um, a candidate. Well, I, I think, obviously, if they donate uh, to MHK, it should have been declared as a, a pecuitary interest because it is a conflict of interest to basically bribe. And yeah. it, it'd probably be up to... It'd probably be illegal, actually, if they mm. were to. Um, and I'm not exactly sure what, what, what Mr. Joseph is getting at here because he's not provided any proof of any... Rumor. He's not even said, I've heard a rumour of this. Could you investigate it, see if it's true? He's just said, as you're aware, these candidates are seeking election... I'm sure, as you would agree, when seeking public office, it is important for members and prospective members of Timwood to act transparently and open about relevant financial connections. And he's asking him to investigate any possible payments or so-called donations. But he's not said, oh, I've, I've heard that there, might be, there may be mm. there. He's just said, I've, I want to investigate this. We have no substantial evidence of why Mr. Uh, Skelly should actually investigate it. So I think it's a very, very odd odd thing to write into because I I would say if we haven't heard real rumours of it and I've certainly heard no rumours of it no no um why would you well oh you've got no proof of it happening why would you claim oh we must investigate this thing when you might come up with yes we didn't declare anything because there was nothing again Tim would probably would have been better to retort and close it down very quickly and say we haven't received 
any notification of anything happening. We're not aware of anything happening to that matter or that extent. And it would have quite maybe hushed it all up. But you don't have a hush up in government. That seems but he awful. he says all Timwald members as well, doesn't he? In the or perspective, yes, yes, it's, yeah, it's, it's jolly confusing what 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 he's trying to get out because. I think he's slightly wrong on the title of Mr. Skelly. It should probably be the president of Timwald, rather than the president of the Legislative right. Council. President of Timwald chairs Legislative Council. Anyway, I think we flogged this one to death. So perhaps. We move far ashore over the Irish Sea, up the country over into the land of whiskey, and um, I'm quite unsure of a Scottish... A tartan, there we are, that's what I put as a, a classic Scottish export around the world. Any other Scottish... Ex- porridge, of course. Any other classic Scottish exports you can think of, Oliver? Um, Iron Brew. Iron Brew, never had it. Never? Have you had it? Oh, yes. Is delicious, delicious. What does it taste of? Um, it's kind of quite fiery. Uh, it's kind of a bit like, sort of like ginger beer in a way. Interesting. Like... I'll stick to the whiskey. <laughs> Scotch whiskey. Is it like ginger course. beer? I'm not too sure. Ginger beer. Ah, interesting. Well, we'll have to get some on the programme at some point. We will. Yes, yes. Perhaps next week I'll, yes, I'll yes. get some in. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, I, I drive home, so we can't we can't do what many, I use University Conservative Association, not this is a conservative podcast I am. I think the only self-declared conservative, although not necessarily in the modern sense, on the podcast, do house port and policy, which is quite a common one, where it's discussed policy over port. I'm driving, so obviously don't drink and drive, uh, my my good fellows. So yes, the Scottish Independence National Party, sorry, not the Scottish Independence National Party, that would be rather mouthful, the Scottish National Party, the SNP, who are aiming for... Aiming for Scottish independence, are having their leadership election. And there's been several attacks in this sort of elec- election on on the on the prospective candidates amongst each other, haven't there? Or is it? Am I right in saying that? I'm just reading. Well, yes, a... there was an interesting analysis by the STV, which is the, the Scottish TV uh, channel, and interesting analysis. Uh, sorry, anal- uh, an analysis by one of the commentators there, basically saying if you didn't know it was the SNP and you're completely aware unaware of what was exactly happening. You would think they were three different party leaders from three different Scottish parties. They, they, they've not really appealed to the country at all. They're very much going in with the divide policy. And we saw what havoc that wrecked in the Conservatives. Except the Conservatives didn't go quite that far. They still admitted they were all friends in blue. Here, no, no, you, you would not believe they're members of the same parties. We have... Uh, only one I can remember off the top of my head, which would be my pick if I was to choose the most sensible candidate, is uh, Kate Forbes. So the candidates are uh, Humza Yousaf, Kate Forbes and Ash Regan, uh, as they set out their visions for Scotland. Uh, well, yeah, Ash Regan's the interesting one. If I was to pick the best unionist candidate, I would pick Ash Regan. Every single time I would pick her for holding the union together, because I don't think she's overly good as a politician. I wouldn't have put her as... Uh, I, I, I think she had no no idea what she was going on about when she was speaking, um, when she was standing about 
how Scotland was going to be independent. And she said, and the interviewer said, but England said no quite a few times, the United Kingdom government, the British government. And she says, yes, but that was a long time ago. They might have changed their mind now. And I thought, how is a long time ago to her is six months. That might be a long time in British politics, but it's been reiterated again and again and again by Boris Johnson, by Liz Truss, and it's uh, been by Rishi Sunak. And reiterated again and again and, and again. To and her. the Supreme Court said no. And you know the Supreme, the, the, yes. the Supreme, the Supreme Court was it the Court of Session. Sorry, I think they appealed. Was the court? I think they all said no. Actually, yeah, which. Yeah. Which is obviously an independent body, um, you know, which, you know, um, which which is, you know, um, sort of pretty clear that, you know, it, it, it's not it, it's not going to happen. So, um, yeah. Well, the, the, the real irony here is they, 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 there's so many personal attacks <laughs> between them all. Yeah. Uh, so I think it was uh, Mr. Yusuf said that I'm the only candidate who will stand up to Westminster's power grab, um, which is quite ironic, basically, basically in supporting the uh, gender recognition uh, bill. But it's quite ironic because if it doesn't, if the Supreme Court challenge rejects it, mm. rejects his challenge, he's dead in the water. He can't do anything because the UK Supreme Court encompasses the whole of the United Kingdom, which encompass, encompasses Scotland, it encompasses Wales, it encompasses Northern Ireland. And obviously England. I, I think, as the SNP keep on trying to do, they keep on trying to divide the country. We see, even in Westminster, the, the, the SNP leader in Westminster seems to think that the UK government he refers to, and then he refers to if the Scottish uh, Scotland is under a different jurisdiction he wants it to be. Even though the UK government rules for all of the United Kingdom, of Great Britain and Northern Ireland, not just England. I think he fails to recognise that. And I suppose with the recent sort of uh, Northern Ireland protocol mm. agreement that I suppose Rishi wants to be seen as uniting the union. Um, I don't think that if they had another election today or it was a referendum today, I don't think they'd win it. I think yeah, it was obviously talking the independence referendum, not mm. the Brexit referendum. Uh, oh, yes. But I don't think they'd win it. Yes, I'm talking in the sense of uniting the union of by course, yes, yes. by the government's um I think they're decisions. doing they're doing better on that front, but in other fronts the government is I I I I wouldn't have chosen them as my ideal government. There's no metal in them left. I was watching a fascinating speech by the Earl of Stockton, who's I think is now deceased. Uh Harold Macmillan, who's then by Margaret Thatcher elevated him to the Lords, creating him the Earldom of Stockton. And it was a very good speech by him. And I thought that you look at the calibre of statesmen we had, the calibre of politicians, and you look at the very slippery slope we've gone down to overly corporatised politicians who don't, I think, have real metal, real determination to actually get anything done. They're just really just men in shiny suits who just sit there and wear ties that are far, far too thin.
Yeah. Far too. Th- it's a very. I like it. I like it. Yeah, no, no, a uh, thick tie. Is, yeah, yeah it's, like, it's a very pedantic point of me, and I'm sure Margaret Thatcher will have my head because once you revert to personal attacks, you lose any credibility. But they wear ties which is too t- thin. Ooh. It's a good, it's a good, a good thickness of tie. Yes. Not. Rishi's is way too thin. Rishi's like, is, uh, you see, there's that's. I'd still describe a that tie as tie should also be quite. I still describe that as a thin tie, but it's a suitable amount of thinness. It's not overtly. There's no camera here. You can't yeah. see it. But it's not an overt amount of. That's that's. I suppose a suitable good tie. But you see, even like Tom Harwood, a GB News presenter, political commentator, he was on Question Time uh, last week or something, and his tie was literally the width of two fingers. It mm. was so inordinately thin you can't get a proper knot on it and at it least, looks dreadful at least Sakir has a better dress sense than Mr Corbyn well <laughs> when saying that I actually thought Mr Corbyn's dress sense was better than Sakir's one second I'm very sorry I agree I, 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 I do think that one vital I think I know what my mother would say. I think she'd look across the dispatch box and she'd say, put on a proper suit, do up your tie, and sing the national anthem. I, I mean, there, there, I, there I can agree with... I can agree with the sentiment posed by David Cameron. I don't agree that Corbyn's dress sense was good and suitable for Parliament, but I say it's better than Keir Starmer. I find Keir Starmer far too drab. It doesn't seem smart... It doesn't seem to put together. It seems like your average corporate office, really. And perhaps that's where it's come from. And the politicians haven't always had the sense of style. But you go back to the last century, they look a lot better put together than they mm-hmm. did now. They'd actually wear proper suits with, I'd argue, proper lapel widths and actually proper shirts as well. Yes, um, it is It is interesting. And it's also like... Um, it especially sparked in the sort of uh, list truss era about the um, the um, podiums, the lecterns. Oh yes, the lecterns, yeah. Yes. I thought it's silly. Just have one lectern. Yeah. Why do you need a new lectern? I didn't realise that they had a new lectern for every every prime minister. Apparently they did. Yeah. Apparently they don't like. I don't see what. I don't see the need. I agree. Lectern's very useful, very good. It looks prime ministerial, mm. but it doesn't doesn't need changing. Especially this trusses one was like a Jenga puzzle yeah. gone wrong. Quite frankly, <laughs> it was which which was probably a very good uh, sort of metaphor for her for her premiership. Oh, uh, yes, yes, quite. Yeah, I, I I did have to I do have to disclose once again. I did vote for her. I did vote for her in that fateful leadership election. Should I have voted for her? Perhaps not, but you can't change the past. I say look to the likes of Yesminster. I know it's a sitcom, but it, I think it perf- perfectly encapsulates that era of dress. And I, I, I think that was, again, a good era of politicians' dress sense. Obviously, you go even further back. You go further back. They used to you look oh, even like... I, I do believe that we do have no uh, news in... Oh, no. Uh, it was just Jeff the Mongoose. Uh, yes. Our good friends at Jeff had posted it's snowing, and then false alarm, it stopped, uh, which was about twelve minutes ago. Oh, um, but yes. we do believe that there will be snow um, potentially. Yes, yes. We're perhaps. not too sure. I'm sorry, I had to break that. That's fine. But yes, um, I think it perfectly encapsulated the era. But we go further back. We go to even look at Neville Chamberlain. He used to wear a winged collar shirt, very Edwardian mm. dress sense, striped trousers. And a, and, a morning, um, a morning tail coat. And maybe. Churchill, he used to wear a bow ties. He and, did, yes. Yeah, and he yeah. started off office still in the morning dress, did wear yeah. their, their morning tail coats and their striped trousers 
is a uniform and top hats. And you used to, and still, uh, Bethy uh, Berthridge, who sadly died, mm. the first female speaker of the House of Commons, until she stopped the rule. You used to have to have have to have sorry, a top hat to raise a point of order. Or po- a point of order, you'd have to have a top hat on. So mm. you, you'd have a series of collapsible hats that's still in the cloak room if a member forgot his hat. And well, I remember there's a fast, fabulous video if you look at top hat rule House of Commons, you'll find it of a Tory politician sitting on the benches. Or it might have been Labour or something. And he's asking, oh, are you a point of order? And he said, the hat, the hat, Mr. Whatever, the hat, you need a hat. And the hat, and then he threw it, the, the, the sergeant at arms threw it over. He caught it, slid back on, and one very slick move, slapped the hat on the head and said, point of order, Madam, Madam Speaker, and then carried on with it. And it was very, very slick, very well done. And it made, the, these wacky traditions made Parliament what it was. We even look at the horror that was posed by Jacob Rees-Mogg lounging back on the chair, which actually is a good state because the speakers are exactly where his head would have been. Um, they used to, before they brought television into the chambers, the front, the front bench would put their feet up on the table that the mace sits on, where the dispatcher's box sits. It was very common. Goodness. But they're not allowed to now, obviously, because the cameras come in. They thought it was a very bad look if we do. Well, we'd have to go down. How politics have changed. Yeah. The Timwell Chamber, I'm not sure what... Obviously, there's, there is... There are allowed television cameras. Well, we do have um, IOM TV. Um, certain yes. uh, journalists that apply for a licence, but there is no actual TV... Um, live coverage of it there is audio um, there is audio they all get their own desks in Timwood yeah they all get their own desks um, and with a little they flap up and you can store anything in them it's much like the US uh, Congress mm. and the Congress in the US and I'm pretty they sure have, it's they the same in this desk. they have the sweet desk have you seen the sweet desk so there's no. a desk where sweets are stored in to snack in the I'm pretty sure the it's chamber. the same at uh, Holly Hollywood is it Holly Hollywood 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 um, Hollywood or Hollywood I say Hollywood yeah did I say Hollywood you said Holly rude. All right. But I mean, it's, it's, and they have their are, own. Are you, are you implying now, Oliver? The... It's quite rude, Holly rude. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Um, that's the Scottish Parliament, for those of you who don't know, and they have their own dreadful building. It's it's another. It's very very off the topic of current affairs. It's a very big bugbear of mine. Ugly buildings. It's an ugly building, Hollywood. It's modernist. They could have built it in a classical style, even neoclassical style, even Gothic revival style. It would last longer than it lasts. It would be better built, and it would be a better national icon. We look at, for example, in Oxford, there's St. Cross's College, which was in the news recently, and they're having to replace a facade, which was built two years ago in a modern style made of concrete and glass because it started to have cracks in. But ironically, next to it stands a hundred-year-old building built at the turn of the 20th century, which is the original building, in Gothic revival, built with traditional materials, with traditional methods. It's still standing. It's still standing after 101 years in better condition than the building they put in two years ago. To me, that exposes the exact floor where they built an ugly building versus a beautiful building, and which stands longer, the beautiful building. I think it stands to reason. Build beautiful buildings, build in a proper sense. Well, aren't you, they all but, throughout history looked lovely. Is that because they're ruthless. preserved more than... Perhaps, than... but you preserve and you treat something better if it's beautiful. Why would you treat an ugly object, uh, I suppose, to the same level of care and attention than something beautiful? Well, so in terms of the SNP leadership election, who have you got your, your, your hopes on? Well, as I said... 
um, Mrs. Uh, what was her name? Uh, Ru- 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 Regan. 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 Mrs. Regan. I would love to get in. She's like to me. She's the Diane Abbott of the uh, SNP. So I'd love to get her in. But in an all sensical level, I think the most competent leader out of that lot would be Kate Forbes. Well, there you have it, folks. Oliver, what about, um, what about you? Uh, I'm I'm not too sure. I haven't haven't really looked in depth. The, the diplomatic answer uh, as ever. The, 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 the candidates. Well, I don't want to side with with anyone at the moment. But anyway, well, I think that'll be a, a good time to wrap up uh, this week's episode. Uh, we've had an interesting discussion on on a few various topics on this week's Politi Babble, and we're hopefully going to be coming. Um, back next week with a, another interesting topic or perhaps even a guest uh, unfortunately due to Archie on his um, adventures again we may not be um, in the studio together but um, we we will we'll be back and obviously if you wanted to listen to last week's episode of Jason Morehouse MHK highly profile, we'd highly, uh, his profile we'd highly recommend it um, so go to manxradio.com forward slash podcasts forward slash politibabble and um, in the meantime, you can email us at politibabble at gmail.com. Or, of course, you can search for uh, Politibabble, a Mr. Jason Morehouse MHK, a profile on your podcast platforms. You've been Politibabble.